What's good? What's good, everybody? It's your boy B L A K A, and I'm sitting here in Lynchburg City. And my oh my oh my, is the clouds and the sky gray, man? But it seems like the sun is peeking its head out at time to time. But aside from that, man, it's Friday, and I'm just gonna jump directly in the uh, topics here. So we're gonna start it off with uh, Jason Kidd, man, from the NBA. Well, actually, the son of Jason Kidd, TJ. He responds to LeVar Ball claims that Lonzo Ball is hungrier than uh, TJ's dad, Jason. Now, for everybody or anybody that doesn't know, LeVar Ball is the father of uh, the NBA player right now, Lonzo Ball. And he's also the father of up-and-coming NBA stars, possibly uh, LiAngelo and LaMelo Ball. And but the thing is, is that man, LeVar Ball constantly sticks his fucking foot in his own mouth, man. He he hyped his son Lonzo Ball up so bad before he got to the NBA. When the guy's first actual real game, they were against uh, either the Clippers or Houston, whichever team Patrick Beverly played for at that point in particular time. Well, uh, Patrick Beverly checked his ass 94 feet the entire game. Now, for those who don't know what 94 feet is, that's the entire length of the basketball court. And uh, he did it on a consistent basis. And, you know, it just got to the point to, like, night in and night out, it seemed like Lonzo had an unfair bull's eye on his back. It wasn't like he was talking this shit. It wasn't like he was the number one pick talking this shit. It was his dad. You know what I mean? Who was just on every fucking media outlet, whether it was ESPN, uh, Fox, uh, several other, you know, Facebook, Instagram, whatever, whatever he could, you know, speak his mind or run his mouth or rant or whatever the case may be. That's exactly what he was doing, man. And in the process of that, it really fucked up his son's uh, first couple years in the NBA, you know. And, uh, you know, this this doesn't surprise me with uh, LeVar, man. You know, he's he's disrespected uh, several other uh, NBA players throughout the past three, four years, man. You know, he's attacked Michael Jordan saying that he could have beat him. He himself could have beat Jordan one-on-one with one hand tied behind his back. And everybody know that was bullshit. But, you know, to, to say something like that on live TV and have the demeanor that you are serious takes it to a whole nother level. You know what I mean? And then you have him saying that his son, Lonzo, was better than Steph Curry. You know what I mean? At this point in time, Lonzo hadn't took one professional three-pointer in the NBA or pass or anything of that nature. You know, so, you know, and and he's really stuck his his, his foot in his mouth, man. And and speaking of sticking his feet in his mouth, man, he had uh, basically banned his sons from trying trying to sign with people like nike or adidas or anything like that which you know what was a really good marketing tool it's just that when lavar and the team that he's with decided to put the shoe together they apparently missed out a whole bunch of important key details or whatever because uh lonzo himself would tell you that hey he was changing his shoes like every quarter you know what i mean so you know he but aside from that man you know it doesn't it doesn't surprise me that he's talking shit about you know jason kidd or whatever whatever keeps him in the paper you know he's one of those uh, oh uh he's not even a helicopter dad you know what i mean he's just one of those dads that i think is vicariously living through 
his kids. You know what I'm saying? LeVar always wanted a professional. He always wanted to be a professional sports player, whether it was football or basketball. You know, he always wanted the microphones in his face and the glow and the cameras on him. You know what I mean? And, you know, to some degree, it started off. Me personally, I think the whole LeVar Ball train started off uh, 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 uh Truthfully, it started off uh, with the intentions of to do good. And I just think somewhere along the lines, shit spiraled out of control. And, you know, there we have it. You know, but nevertheless, though, I, I think he started off with good intentions, man. And it just, he just did it in a bad way or whatever. But nevertheless, now he's talking about, you know, Lonzo is hungrier than Jason Kidd and, all of this type of shit, man. Only thing I can say to y'all, man, and to LeVar Ball, just in case he's never seen it or forgot, whatever the case may be. Only thing I can tell you is that, uh, yeah, only thing I can tell you is that, uh, go check his stats, yo. That's all you gotta do. Check his stats. But, uh, aside from that, man, Jerry Jones, for some apparent reason, is making, uh, CD Lamb wear the number 88. Now, Lamb wanted to wear his own number, which was 10, but I guess Jerry is saying that, hey, all great receivers wear 88, you know, which is kind of interesting being that he just paid Amari Cooper uh, $100 million. (laughs) So, you know, I mean, you would have thought, you know, if anything, fuck, if Amari, I'm paying you... uh, you know, $100 million to be my number one wide receiver, then shouldn't he have went to or even been like, look, I'm going to need you to wear the number 88, all the great cowboy receivers that was notable and worth something, you know, have to have championships or whatever the case may be. They wore the number 88, you know what I'm saying? The likes of Drew Pearson, Michael Irvin, uh, Daz Bryant, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, you know, you know, but at the same time, then I flip it the other way. Then I'm saying where maybe Jerry thinks that CD Lamb is the uh, best receiver on the team. And the thing is, is that number 88, the person that, num- that wore number 88 was always the number one wide receiver on the Dallas Cowboys team. The names I just called off, the Drew Pearsons of the world, the, the, the Michael Irvins and the Des Bryants, they were all number one targets. They were the go-to guy. So, you know, right now things look conflicted to me. And this is, a, this is something that I'm going to keep my eye on because I told my son, I said, that uh, I don't expect Cooper to 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 be there after this season or maybe the season after. And I don't really think it's going to have anything to do with production on his end, but everything to do with the fact that C.D. Lamb is going to be taking a lot of balls from uh, uh, Amari Cooper. Because the one thing that I can say about Gallup and C.D. Lamb is that those guys are dogs. They're not, they're not quiet guys. You know what I'm saying? They're not soft-spoken guys. They're not diva receivers either, but they're not soft-spoken like the, the likes of Amari Cooper. Uh, in, in, in Oakland, a lot of people thought that it was uh, uh, Derek Carr, you know what I mean, as, as, as the reason why uh, Amari Cooper's production was suffering. And it, 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 it wasn't Derek Carr in the sense of, Derek Carr refused to throw the ball to him. It was 
it was uh it was uh Cooper who was who was pretty much the fuck of that man. So you know, so it's gonna be very interesting to see how this turns out, man. As far as uh you know this whole number eighty eight situation with C D Lamb because I've already told my son and anybody else that's willing to listen that Coop only got a couple days left. I mean a couple seasons left with the Cowboy. If if that it may be gone after this year, who knows? But as I I keep it on the football uh, trail here, man. Hey. Aaron Rodgers is on his way out, yo. And and it has nothing to do with Jordan Love, but everything to do with Jordan Love. And the reason why I say that is because uh just because they went what? They went 12 and 4 last year, 13 and 3 or some shit like that, and they got to the NFC Championship game. And one would think, okay, with all of this success up on their new head coach, you got a chance to prove to the NFL world Aaron Rodgers that it was Mike McCarthy and not you, whatever the case may be. And, uh, you know, Matt LaFleur comes in and, 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 and changes the offense to some degree. And there was uh, reports that there was some headbutting over it in the beginning stages. But I, apparently it worked out to some degree. So, you know, but aside from that, man, um, the same shit. Aaron Rodgers, you got to look at the man in the mirror, man. Sometimes what goes around, what goes around comes around. You know what I mean? You were in this exact same position when uh, Brett Favre was at the end of his, his career. He hadn't fallen off a cliff at that point in time or anything. But it was at the end of his career. And the next thing you know, uh, Green Bay uh, draft Aaron Rodgers. Now, now, now granted... Green Bay and probably everybody that was picking after Green Bay did not expect Aaron Rodgers to be, if I'm correct, was the 24th pick that year in the in the uh, in the NFL draft, 2008, 2009, somewhere in there. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure exactly what year Aaron Rodgers got picked, but the one thing I do know is that uh, you know, he sat on the bench. Brett Favre didn't like it. Uh, he felt like Brett Favre felt like the organization went behind his back to some degree because Brett because Brett felt like, you know, what I mean, goddamn, uh, I took y'all to two Super Bowls. I haven't missed a game my entire career, and you guys go and draft a quarterback. Then, granted, he fell in you guys' lap. You know what I'm saying? Because I think Aaron Rodgers would have been great no matter where he went to. He was just one of those quarterbacks, in my opinion, that I just feel like would have been great. But uh, aside from that, you know, with the whole drafting of Jordan Love and how the Green Bay organization went about it, they drafted, they didn't only draft Jordan Love, they moved up. They traded draft future draft picks to move up to draft this guy. Now, like I said in a previous podcast when I spoke about this, no organization does that if they are 100% committed on the quarterback that they have, even if you're going to draft a quarterback as an insurance policy, you don't do it in the first round, and you damn sure don't make trades to move yourself up in the first round. When you're doing those type of things right there, you're, 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 you're drafting, you're not drafting a player that, that, that needs tooling and need you to work with, you know what I'm saying, and, and can become a future project like a Taysom Hill, you know what I'm saying, you're, you're drafting this guy to, 
make an immediate impact on your franchise game one. You know what I mean? Now, like I said, with the whole Aaron Rodgers situation, when he came in the league, Aaron was expecting to go. Aaron was expecting to be a lottery pick. You see what I'm saying? So, you know, two things happened in his career that he had absolutely no control over, if you ask me. And that was one, where he got drafted as far as the number, and two, the team he went to because of the quarterback that they already had ahead of him. So not only that this guy who thought his whole time that he was, you know, the buzz that was circling around him, that, hey, I'm going to be a high draft pick, I'm going to be starting and some more shit. You know what I'm saying? Not only did that didn't happen, but hell, he had to go and sit a couple years behind the legendary Brett Favre. So, you know, you eat that. So, uh, you know, you take it like that, man. And uh, shit, it's, it's just, it is what it is, man. And, and trust, I can assure you the moment that Aaron Rodgers is released from the Green Bay Packers, he would not have a problem getting a job. Everybody and their mother know that. You know what I'm saying? Me personally, I think he's gonna probably end up uh in 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 the what do they call it? The AFC. You know what I'm saying? As far as what team yet, I'm not sure because the one thing I do know, Aaron Rodgers is gonna be a Green Bay Packer this year. And if, if we know anything about football, shit changes. You know what I mean? At the blink of an eye. So, you know. But it's it's crazy on that end, and also, you know the the uh, the whole trade situation. Well, I'm not even, I'm not saying trade, but the whole draft situation, man, just doesn't. I know it doesn't sit well with Aaron, and you know it wouldn't sit well with any quarterback. But what what, what everybody must understand that is that it, it it's not it wouldn't sit well with any player because you know every player that's getting drafted to some degree is coming to at some point in time replace the person that's in front of them whether it's due to uh lack of production or health so you know at some point in time the rubber is going to meet the road but in this situation right here the green bay organization can say whatever it is that they want to say man and uh you know i'm not buying it and that's just real talk though but yo, coming up on the sixth sense, man. Uh, you know, NFL, NFL uh defensive player Bashad Breeland's terrifying arrest video stared down cops gun barrel. God damn. Uh who really kept Isaiah Thomas off the dream team? And new new rap music that's out, man, and much more. You're listening to your boy Blacker. This is the sixth sense. So check this out, man. 50 Cent says that he wants to be uh he wants it to be known that he would not work with Takashi 69. Even though he is out of prison and clear to start putting out music, he's still a snitch. You know what I'm saying? And 50 dropped the hammer during a new uh interview with 92.3 The Beats, Big Boy, where he was clear that he just can't uh get get beyond Takashi snitching on his gang members. And shit like that, man. And you know what? That's real good because at least the the real niggas in the game, the OG cats in the game, I ain't got to worry about them collabing with this cat. It's these 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 millennials, man, that 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 seem to really don't give a fuck about nothing. And I'm not gonna say all of them, but just some of them. 
You know what I mean? It just seems like they don't really give a fuck about nothing, yo. They don't care about no loyalty, especially when it comes to music. We, hey, real talk. Fuck collabing with this dude. I don't care how hot this, you may think the track may sound. At some point in time, yo, you have got to put loyalty over anything else. Because if this, if this right here, if the loyalty ball is broken in the sense of snitching on cats in the hip-hop game, dog, it's the end of hip-hop, man. You know, to some degree, hip-hop is fucked up enough. Now, I'm not one of these old cats that can't, that can't get with the new revelation or the new wave of hip-hop music, man, because trust me... Uh, I got my picks. As I told y'all before the commercial break, I'll be speaking on some new albums and shit like that that I actually fuck with. But as of the whole 6ix9ine, Takashi 6ix9ine cat, man, leave that motherfucker alone, yo. Leave that motherfucker alone. And like Boosie Badass said, you know what I'm saying? And no disrespect to the blood, to the blood gang, the Trey Nines or whatever. No disrespect to them cats, but if y'all, if, if 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 this cat don't get dealt with, and I'm not, I'm not me personally, I'm not put, I'm not trying to promote violence in the sense of killing nobody or nothing like that. Let's make that 100% clear. But what I am saying is that this is what gangs, gang members normally do certain things to people who have done things of this nature. That's all I'm saying. So if 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 the gang that he's from that he's from are real gangbangers, real gang members, then uh, this problem is going to be taken care of. I assume if they are real, if they are real to you know what they say, if they are real to the sense of what he said in his music, then they're going to take care of this matter. You know, because a lot of his boys went down with football uh, jersey numbers, man. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and uh, you know, that's not going to sit well. So big ups to 50 on, you know, saying what a lot of other people probably want to say, but probably scared to say. They catch the snitch and fuck no, I'm not working with him. So check this shit out, man. Rashad Breeland's arrest Tuesday nearly turned tragic. Turn fine ride of the scene obtained by TMZ Sports showed the NFL player false on. He uh, was faced within inches of a cop's gun doing a stop. Now, Breeland was detained at around 11 a.m. at South Carolina gas station after a York County Sheriff's Office deputy says he saw the KC Chiefs player and two other men smoking bud. Now, the officer claims that when he stopped Breeland for questioning, the 28-year-old became combative. And in new footage we obtained from the incident, you see that how the confrontation escalated in the Harry. Now, in the video, the officer attempted repeatedly to place the Chiefs cornerback in handcuffs, but Breeland cons consistently refused. At one point in the video, you can see the cop pulled a taser on the 5'11", 195 195 pound defensive back ordering him to stop resisting now before I go any further man um I'm not really sure what's wrong with uh 
NFL players at times. You know, NFL players, man, have done some of the wildest and have committed some of the wildest crimes from the, you know, from 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 a a side of a, a professional athlete. You know what I mean? And this story right here is 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 kind of mind-boggling to me. And, and it's the sense of if all was going on was that they were smoking weed, then why the fuck does he have a gun in his face? Why is he resisting arrest? Why is you know all of these type of things are going on, man? In most states, marijuana is either decriminalized or legal for recreational use or legal for medical use now the average Joe especially in a state that doesn't legalize it in the sense of recreational but medical which means that he would have to go and get a medical license um anything any any outside of that man you know people don't really I don't know have to I don't know, man. The one thing I do know is that the shit just doesn't sound right to me. Um, you know, the officer pulled his gun and put put it inches from Breland's face and screamed at the NFL player, let me see your hands. I'm not playing. You know what I'm saying? And Breland had finally got out his car and got on the ground and ultimately uh, relented to the uh, officer placing him in cuffs. And he was taken to jail and is being charged for resisting arrest and possession of marijuana. But the part that really, like, I ain't really get was that Breland said he was at the time, he was at the gas station. He was at the gas station pump and got approached by two guys. And then the police pulled up and as the police pulled up, the two guys allegedly threw something in his car and in the in the process of the police pulling up, they threw something in his car and the police apparently saw it. Like, it's two conflicting stories. That's why I got mixed up a second ago, man, when I was speaking with y'all, you know, about the whole medical marijuana use and all that kind of shit because I was trying to... I'm trying to sit here and and, and, and put together in my brain how the fuck can... I'm chilling with two dudes smoking bud. The police pull up. They draw guns. In the process of them trying to put me in handcuffs, I wiggle out or, you know, whatever the case may be, man. And, 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 and uh, I don't know, man. It just doesn't sound right to me, yo. I'm, I'm sorry if, I, if, I, if it sounds like the story is a bit choppy in the sense of me reporting it to you. It's just that, you know, it doesn't sound right. Like, it goes from it goes from t- him and two dudes smoking bud to a gun being placed in his face, him being told to stop resisting arrest, uh, him ignoring the officer's orders and wiggling his way from the cop, getting to his car. Things took a frightening turn. The officers pulled their guns, put it inches from Breland's face, screamed at the NFL player, let me see your hands, I'm not playing with you. Like, this shit don't sound right to me, man. And I'm not making this up, y'all. I couldn't make this shit up if I was the best actor, I'm, I'm sorry, the best director in Hollywood. I couldn't make this shit up. All I know is that, you know, Breland is saying that he was at the gas station, two guys approached him. 
In the process of the two guys approaching him, the police pulls up. The guys throw something in his car and the police see it. Greeley not one time in the report said that he was smoking bud. You know what I mean? Now, now, now it 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 was uh it was it was stated that Breland was charged for resisting arrest and possession of marijuana. But Breland himself, in the process of telling the story, don't say anything about marijuana. So marijuana is not the type of drug that, you know what I'm saying, you feel the need to really try to hide. You know what I mean? Like everybody in the moment either has smoked it or do smoke it. You know what I mean? Don't get me started. But I don't know, man. Something just something just don't sound right about this story. But I'll try to keep it, you know what I'm saying? I'll try to uh keep up with it as much as possible. But yo, who who the fuck really kept Isaiah Thomas off the dream team, yo? So like uh, me growing up, you know what I'm saying? I remember the dream team just like it was yesterday in 1992. Uh I remember the controversy that surrounded the dream team in the sense of Isaiah Thomas not being on the team and Shaquille O'Neal not being on the team. And at that at that before that before that team was uh created there was no professional basketball players playing uh, in, in the Olympics, you know, but the American teams was getting their ass handed to them on a daily basis, on an on a, on a, uh, Olympic basis, I'm sorry. And so I guess the Olympic committee was like, you know what, fuck that, we got the best players playing in the NBA, why don't we put them in, you know, the Olympics, because to some degree, the other countries were doing the same thing. So I won't give y'all a history lesson on all that, all that, all of that shit. But um, I'm just trying to give you some intel on how the Dream Team is, how they became about, and all that shit. But the two biggest controversies was Isaiah being left off the team, and Christian Leitner, which was a white basketball player from Duke, uh, taking the last roster spot. So um, the way that it was uh, constructed, it would it would be the professional players would you know what I'm saying dominate the roster. But due to due to the fact that it was actually collegiate athletes uh, who were playing in the Olympics uh, before the NBA players, I guess the NBA felt the need to say, okay, we'll have a roster spot for one player. Now, at that point in particular time, Christian Leitner's college career, as far as accolades, were better than Shaquille O'Neal. Shaq had only stayed for a couple years, if I'm correct, or maybe just one season at LSU. But aside from that, the story about Isaiah Thomas was... I was led to believe that it was Michael Jordan who kept Isaiah Thomas off the dream team, you know, and it had a lot to do with after the Bulls finally got over the hump, to say the least, uh, when it came to the Detroit Pistons in the playoffs, the, the, the first three years the Bulls played the Pistons in the playoffs, the Pistons beat them every year, and the Bulls showed respect by shaking hands, you know what I'm saying, congratulating the Pistons. But this one particular time in the fourth the fourth round, the Bulls won, and the Pistons left the court early, and Michael Jordan didn't like that. He wanted to shake hands to them. He probably wanted to rub it in their face just as much as anything, too. Yeah, motherfuckers, we got you. We got over the hunt. Y'all old now. Y'all ain't shit. He probably wanted to say some shit to that nature, too. Let's remember, Michael Jordan was a very competitive motherfucker. But, um, you know, after hearing the uh, story... On which I'm quite sure everybody has watched by now, the last dance, you know what I'm saying? That's uh that's 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 tallied around the Bulls uh ninety-eight championship season. Um 
there are the reports from Jackie McMullen's book, who I love dearly. Jackie McMullen is one of the best authors and uh, commentators, you know, what I mean, reporters rather that uh, I've, 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 I've known, you know, not uh, in real life, but just in the sports world. I've known for over 20 years. I've, you know, listened to her, seen her on TV, all that shit. And I take her word for everything that she says. She has a lot of credibility. Um, she said uh, in the book uh, called When the Game Was Ours, which was released in 2009, saying that it was Magic Johnson who had the most influence in keeping Isaiah Thomas off the roster. At that point in particular time, Magic at the time had believed that it was Isaiah Thomas who was spreading rumors that he was either gay or bisexual after Magic's HIV announcement in 1991. Now, after reading that, you know what I'm saying, because I read it online, and after reading that, and, and, and I said to myself, okay, this makes more sense. Not the whole Michael Jordan was mad because Isaiah Thomas didn't shake his hand, you know what I'm saying, after the uh, Eastern Conference Finals, you know what I mean, in 1991. Uh, yeah, I don't think it was that, you know what I'm saying. Um, I think I think Michael Jordan, now that I think about it as a grown-up, I think Michael Jordan had a, and after seeing this last dance, even though Michael Jordan... Uh, probably had some hatred towards Isaiah as a ball player, and I don't necessarily think so as a person. But, you know, when it came to Magic, Bird, and Jordan, especially Magic and, and Jordan, they had the most influence in that in that situation right there as to who was going to be on that team. Make no mistake about it. Make no mistake about it. Every player that's on that team is because Jordan and Magic wanted them there. And every player that wasn't on that team is because Jordan and Magic wanted them there. But didn't want them there. But I truly believe that, you know, and it's crazy because Magic and Isaiah had a sort of like a bittersweet relationship. They didn't play each other that often. They would meet up twice during the regular season. And if they both were lucky enough to play each other in the NBA Finals, then there you have it. Which they did. Uh, one time, but um, you know they were always kissing at midcourt on the cheek. You know what I mean? Magic and Isaiah. It was always speculation amongst those two. You know, I, I remember growing up hearing you know older guys talk about how you know those two guys were allegedly gay or whatever the case may be. But you know, after you know watching uh, the Last Dance and reading um, Jackie McMullen's uh, piece from her book. You know, me personally, yeah, I think it could have been Isaiah spreading the rumor around. Because Isaiah's a Hall of, Hall of Fame player. Any NBA player would tell you that. Hell, anyone that didn't play in the NBA but watched the game would tell you that. You know what I mean? So, you know, it is what it is. That was, hell, almost, what, 30 years ago, probably. So, shit. But, yo... As I told y'all before I end this segment, I gotta let y'all know if the, if wherever you are this weekend, if if it's nice outside, if you're washing your car, you just want to ride around, get out of the house, you're tired of being stuck in the cold COVID nineteen quarantine coronavirus. These are four must albums you must be bumping in your car or in your earbuds or at any given time that you're listening to music this weekend. No particular order, but uh, Lil Uzi Vert new album, Eternal Take. That shit is a banger. And he also just dropped uh, some, some some bonus tracks on uh, called My Turn. 
You know what I mean? So that's like a double album, you know what I'm saying? Or an album and a half, man. That 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 um album, Eternal It Takes, that's a hot ass album, yo. Check that shit out. Another one I've been banging for a minute, man, is Lil Got It, Hood Baby 2. That cat album is sick, yo. Put that in your rotation for this weekend as well. And and and, and this 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 cat right here, I think he's gonna explode this summer. I'm not saying it because, you know what I'm saying, I rep his hood or I know his father or anything like that. We lived in the same apartment complex. Shout out to Kojak. Big Jack, what you doing, baby? But Kyrie 1K, Ghost of Pecan Acres. Now, I know everybody in Petersburg is banging that shit right now. You know what I mean? And big up to Kyrie. Um, But I think for I got a funny feeling, man, this summer... You know what I'm saying? That that Kess album is 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 gonna explode, man. I, I see it coming, yo. I see it coming. Push it T. You, you picked a good one, bro, for real. And last but not least, yo, oh boy, and I can't believe I'm saying this one, but I, I I skimmed through some of the tracks. I listened to snippets. I gave all of them about 13 to 15 seconds of airtime before I decided to write it down. Hey yo, Drake's Dark Lane demo tapes. That's got to be in y'all rotation this weekend, too, yo. I'm telling you. You put them four cats right there in there. Lil Uzi Vert, Lil Got It, Kyrie 1K, and Drake. Those are the albums that should be in your rotation this weekend. And if they're not, you're slipping. And on that note, I want to thank y'all for listening to The Sixth Sense. As always, man, it's your boy, B-L-A-K-K-A. Stay safe. Keep those hands clean. Keep six feet apart. Continue to practice your social distancing. I'll see y'all catch on the flip side, man. I'm out.